It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Libby, and thank you, Dave. And um, as uh, Libby's already said, I'm, I'm Ali, and it's so good to be with you this morning to share uh, from our Grown Up series and share from God's Word this morning. And uh, today we are looking at the topic of fasting as a practice and a discipline uh, for growing up. And um, I just want to turn to uh, Libby and to Dave and to ask them, uh, when you think of fasting, what do you think of? What's like the first word that comes into your head? No food. <laughs> I, I was, was going to say hunger, so. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're not like saying like kind of really like righteous things or like anything. I, when, I, when I heard that, I was like, I, I, honestly, I felt like chore. I felt like I'm going to be hungry at the end of it. I felt like um, it was going to be hard work and maybe something that I didn't always see the benefit from. And the image that I went to straight away was, it was like my socks in the laundry pile. Now I'll explain that rather than just leave you hanging. Um, when Jill and I first got married, uh, we, as any married couple would do, we'd put all of our clothes into the washing machine and miraculously all of them came out uh, and all of them, including the socks, all of the socks were accounted for. They, they came back, they always matched up. Six, uh, I was gonna say six kids, six years. <laughs> Six years, three kids later, not the other way around. Whew. I, I think someone has maybe installed a vortex or some sort of black hole system into my laundry basket slash washing machine as pairs of socks go in, uh, but only odd socks come out. And I'm left with this just pile of odd socks. I've got socks on socks on socks, but none of them match. And the point is that fasting can feel like the odd sock sometimes. Once life gets busy, once life gets difficult, it gets forgotten or lost. And fasting is that, just that odd sock in the washing machine. But when it's matched up with prayer and it's used and equipped by the individual Christian for our everyday walk of faith, it is a powerful weapon. It's a powerful practice and an incredible gift. So when preparing for this talk, I've become excited and expecting. God has moved my heart about the discipline, the practice, and the gift of fasting. And I'm coming to you today um, to say that I'm still learning in this. I'm not saying I, you know, this is, this is Ali's top tips for fasting. I've been doing this for years. I'm on a journey with this as well as you. And um, I want to go on this journey today to show not only is fasting a hallmark of a mature Christian, but it's also an incredible gift and benefit to each one of us. So we're going to read Matthew 6 uh, in verses 16 to 18. It says this, Jesus says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Before we discover the gift of fasting, I felt it was really uh, helpful to define what fasting was, what we're talking about when we talk about fasting, and also a couple of ground rules around that. So biblically, when we talk about fasting, the most simple definition is this. Fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's refraining from food. Rather than pursuing physical daily bread, I give that up to pursue spiritual daily bread. And it's also for that spiritual purpose. It's not for weight loss or to feel good, to cleanse, but it's to pursue God's heart. So it's refraining from eating foods. But I asked one of uh, my friends uh, what he said about fasting, and he said, he looked me straight in the eye, and he said, do it, but be sensitive. It was very sternly said like that. So 
if you are a person where maybe eating is an issue for you or where refraining from food would be an unhealthy thing to do, then we would strongly suggest to fast something else. Uh, you might want to receive medical advice about that. You might want to speak to your connect group leader or your pastor around that. But if that's you, make sure you're sensible, that you're safe around that. Um, so we've defined fasting. We've set those ground rules out. Now we can delve into the gift of fasting. And what I've found as I've uh, discovered the joy of fasting is that it moves me from uh, a number of mindsets, perspectives, positions to um, more positive ones, to different places, uh, from one place to another. And we're moved through the discipline of fasting through uh, the Holy Spirit working within us. So fasting moves us in three ways. It moves us from entitlement to empowerment. In verse 16, it says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, but for they disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. Jesus is in the midst of the Sermon of the Mount uh, in this moment. He's uh, through his um, greatest teaching series ever. He's uh, setting out his manifesto of how followers of him are to live, to act, to behave, to conduct themselves, but also to matters of the heart as well, who they are when no one is watching. And uh, the verses before and after uh, kind of focus on things where uh, we, are, we are to do even when there's no one else around. He shares the Lord's Prayer. He shares the foundation and the framework for communicating with God. Uh, how we are to do that, to go into our room, to speak to our Father. Then he shares on fasting. And these two, prayer and fasting, they're intertwined throughout the Bible. They go hand in hand, these practices. And immediately after, there is a call to simplicity around uh, possessions. He says, don't store up treasures uh, that are on earth where moths and vermin can destroy, but store up treasures in heaven. Jesus is calling us to three practices um, that are unseen. The practice of prayer, of fasting, and simplicity. And as Christians, often we love prayer. We get on board with simplicity. And the, the meat in the middle, the sandwich filler, we think, oh, fasting, I'd, I'd rather not. But they're all linked in order to grow and mature. And this verse, verse 16, it provides a warning for us. And the warning is of self and of entitlement. Jesus states, don't look somber. Don't disfigure your faces to show others you are fasting. It's a private act. And rather than the hypocrites who we know as the Pharisees, rather than them, they're, they're telling others, they're saying, look at what I'm doing. I fast twice, twice a week. I'm so holy within that. Um, they're um, feeling entitled to have praise from others. Jesus is saying, not so with you. He gives us the gift of fasting uh, to not only be private, but also to act as a mirror for us, to look at ourselves and remember that the world doesn't revolve around us and to ask us what controls us, what shapes us, our lives and our habits. I'm about to say the understatement of the last 18 months, so bear, bear with me. Here you go. This past season has been incredibly hard for each of us. There you go. It has though, hasn't it? And I'm sure we've all faced life situations and challenges, I know I have, which have been much tougher due to the isolation and lack of uh, human connection. And often when we'd have made, maybe faced these problems before, we'd have had a cuppa with someone, uh, they'd have prayed with us in person, uh, we'd have maybe had a hug if we were comfortable with that. There would have been advice, support uh, in community. But often we've had to do those things ourselves recently. And with that lack of connection, it's been really easy just to look internally, to put the blinkers on, to have the tunnel vision and just focus on our needs and what we feel entitled that we need. 
Um, and I know that's been true for me at points. Um, I know I've, I've said things like, I've never thought I'd had to deal with this situation or it's just not gone the way I thought, so I feel entitled to this. Or I've had to cancel trips, plans, holidays, so my online shopping better come on time or else I'm going to send a strongly worded uh, email to info at and they'll never know what hit them. Or, you know, I've had a stressful day at work, so I should be able to have ice cream for tea and binge Netflix. And you might want to delete and uh, add in your own coping mechanism of food slash uh, streaming service. And I feel like sometimes I've, I've said, don't, don't you know I've lived through a pandemic? As if I'm the only one, as if no one else has. So easy to look internally to self in this moment. But the gift of fasting moves us away from what controls us, what, we put, what controls we put on our lives, and allows God to shape, to mold, and to empower us once more through his Holy Spirit. Richard Foster says this. He says, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. This is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Christ. We cover up what is inside of us with food and other things. Like fasting just takes away that curtain, takes away that, that masquerade of, of a mask almost and allows us to go back to matters of the heart, not to be controlled by other things, but to be uh, allow God into our lives and to empower him through our Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit even. It helps us move away from being controlled by self and molded by God once more. Um, when I was in secondary school, I joined uh, the army cadets. I probably lasted about a month because what I, my perception of it was 90% of the time I'd be pretending to be like action man, uh, running around and like kind of doing all those things when actually uh, being a hero basically, when 99% of the time it was marching and making sure that my uniform was ironed into an, within an inch of its life. Um, so as a 13-year-old boy, that didn't sound much fun, but I hung on for a month because I knew at the end of the month uh, there was going to be um, kind of a training day at Gordon Barracks, which included rifle training. And I thought, that sounds like fun. That's what I really want to do. Um, so I got myself excited. I got to the range. I, did, I followed the instructions um, to the exact letter. I made sure I did all my uh, checks and everything beforehand. I, I went into the prone position. I, I went at the target, I aimed at the target, and every time I did that, um, it came back. I went to uh, collect my sheet of paper, and it was like a fresh sheet of paper was there each time because there was literally nothing on it. Um, I'd missed the target every time, and I was disappointed. I was confused, um, a little bit sad, and at the end of the day, I went to the person who was in charge, and I asked him, like, what am I doing wrong? How can I be missing the target every time? Um, so the person in charge, he looked at um, the rifle I was using, he made a few quick adjustments, he checked on the range, and he said, have a go now. So I, I did all the checks I'd done, I, I had a go, and I um, went to pick up the target, and I was so excited, it was almost like I'd, I'd, I'd secured a peace treaty or something, I was like clutching this, because there were pellet marks on this piece of paper, I'd actually hit the target. Not perfect, but it was there. It was there, I could go away a happy man. And I asked what he changed, and he said, two things. He said he widened the scope and he focused the sight. Fasting widens our scope, but it also focuses our sight. Instead of looking inwards to me, 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 fasting widens my horizons to see what God is doing in the situation with others in the world. Instead of uh, just focusing on the praise of others, 
that is like the hypocrites. I start to see in the way the world God does. It focuses my sight. There's clarity of where I'm supposed to be, of what I'm supposed to be doing. I can ask, start to ask questions of like, God, who can I encourage today? Who can I pray for? Who can I be bold in with my faith today? When we fast, we move away from that entitlement and move to allowing God to use us as a vessel for his work and his glory. Uh, fasting moves us from entitlement to empowerment, but also from apathy to hunger. In these verses, Jesus says twice, when you fast. It's not an optional extra. It's not if you can be bothered or it would be really great if you did. It's when you fast. He emphasizes that point. And I love how the message uh, uh, phrases verse 16. It says, when you practice some appetite-denying decisions or appetite-denying discipline, you better concentrate on God. We deny our appetite to focus on God. And when we build up an appetite, we get hungry. Not only has this season um, made us to maybe pushed us towards entitlement, but it's also, we can often feel rather helpless or feel apathetic to the problems of the world. We can feel like there's so many issues that have bubbled to the surface in this moment that I don't know how, how I can play a part in that. We think of um, the areas of racial injustice where there's so much work to be done. And we're like, how can I play my part? Or um, poverty deprivation or the mental health crisis that we face, that it can feel impossible of what we can do to help. And often all these things can maybe make us feel apathetic. And the obvious thing to then turn to is to be like, well, I'm just going to be comfortable. I'm going to make sure that I feel comfortable. We can pursue home comforts, comfort foods, things that help us feel warm and fuzzy, but keep us exactly where we are. And rather than them focusing ourselves on God, we can, uh, dis they can distract us from him. We can see that apathy sometimes in our prayer lives where uh, we pray the safe, comfortable prayers as we don't want to be maybe disappointed by um, the answers that we receive or we don't necessarily have the courage to pray those bold prayers that are on our hearts that God hears. And this level of comfort denies us the hunger to seek God in all things in his ways. Fasting, though, allows us to almost create a platform inside of us for where God can build from within us, where there is a hunger for him and the things of him. In the Bible, as I've been uh, reading this week, I've just found this real kind of uh, conflict almost between and struggle between food and then the hunger of things of God. We see in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they were tempted in the garden to eat fruit rather than to pursue what God was asking of them. We see Esau, he sold his birthright for a pot of stew. I hope it was a good stew. We see, my favorite is we see Israel, they're grumbling in the wilderness and they get to the point where their argument is this. They say, at least in Egypt, there were leeks and onions in the soup. Have you been so excited to have leeks and onions in the soup? I don't know. It's like a TripAdvisor review. Egypt, four stars. They have leeks and onions in the soup. God's heart is that his people would be hungry for his purposes and would deny the stomach to bring an appetite for God, for his kingdom and his heart. Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days. He's tempted, but he resists. And through fasting, his spirit is strengthened. You see, rather than giving up and indulging, when we fast, there is a hunger for the more of God. When we fast, it's not to manipulate God or for him to answer us. He will. It's for us to prepare us and our hearts for his answers. 
And with that hunger, we create a space for God to move and for us to ready ourselves for what God is saying. We can start to build our place in our hearts, a platform for him to work from, to use us in his kingdom. Um, In 1666, there was the Great Fire of London. And after that, uh, Sir Christopher Wren was commissioned to rebuild uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. And um, there's this apocryphal story um, that happens when Wren is visiting the construction. He sees three builders working away. One is on a scaffold, one is crouching down, and one is standing tall. And he asks each man the same thing. He asks, what are you doing? He asks the first one, what are you doing right now? He replies, I'm just working. I just want to try and feed my family. It's a noble thing. He says to the second, what are you doing? He says, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall just like I build a wall any day. And he goes to the third one who is more productive than the others, has a glint in his eye. And he says, what are you doing? The third one looks him dead in the eye and says, I'm building a cathedral. When we fast, we can build a cathedral in our hearts, a place of worship to be ready for God's answers and to be ready to be moved and have that hunger and desire for him. So what are we building in our hearts? Are we just getting by day by day, building that wall? Or are we aware of that we're building a cathedral to worship him and to, for others to see what he is doing within us? Fasting moves us from entitlement to empowerment. It moves us from hunger to apathy. And finally, it moves us to kingdom breakthrough or towards kingdom breakthrough. In this passage that we've read, Matthew 6, Jesus talks about the reward for those that fast will receive. He says those that are the hypocrites that are proclaiming that they fast, that make people know they fast, they receive their reward in full. And that is the praise and respect of others. It's worldly reward and it's hollow. But he says for those who fast in the unseen, who those who fast in a way that empowers God within them with a genuine hunger for him, then it says your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's the reward I want. When we fast, when we embrace this gift, we receive the gift that God does in us, but also we can welcome forward the kingdom into our lives and to those around us. We see that as an example in the life of Jesus. In Mark 9, Jesus has just been uh, on top of the mountain. He's just had a transfiguration moment where um, a number of his disciples, a couple of disciples, has seen him for the glory of who he really is. He's whiter than white in that moment. He's radiant. And then he comes down from the mountainside and there's this big commotion happening. And um, the disciples are struggling uh, to cast out a demon out of this young boy. And um, uh, they've tried everything in the manual. They've, they've kind of been sent out by Jesus already. So they're like, oh, this should work. Why, Why is that not working? Um, and the boy's dad is like, comes to Jesus and he's like, you know, if there's anything that you could do, this would be really great. And Jesus says to him, everything is possible for the one who believes. So he says, well, help me with my unbelief. And in that moment, Jesus casts out the demon. It's gone and it does so immediately. It's like an incredible move of God's kingdom coming there. And a little while later, the disciples come up to Jesus and they're like, well, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus replies, he says, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. And, you know, we could spend a whole series, a uh, whole sermon on that, looking at that. But I think of, uh, in the context of our day and age, the various mission trips that we've sent across the world, but particularly to Sri Lanka, where we've had holiday clubs, we've had kids camps there. There's been miraculous healings. There's been miraculous moments of deliverance. 
And you think, why is that? Why does that happen there and not here? And then you listen to Leslie and Shanti Matthews and the rest of the team, and they say they've been praying and they've been fasting for weeks beforehand. Fasting brings the kingdom closer. Jesus explains this new way of fasting in Matthew 9. Uh, his disciples aren't fasting. Uh, John's disciples, the Pharisees, are fasting. And they, they ask, why is that? And Jesus says, you don't mourn when you're with the bridegroom. What he's saying is like, I'm here and the kingdom is here with me now. But he says, but when I'm gone, then you will fast. And we fast because we've tasted and seen that the kingdom of God is good and that there's nothing else that satisfies. And we want more of that in our lives and those around us. Fasting brings the power of the kingdom from the not yet into the now. There is power when we fast, but we need to remember where the power comes from. It's not like we're doing this discipline to gain the power. It's we're doing this discipline for the person. John Tyson says this. There's a lot of P's in this, so bear with me. The power is not the practice. The practice is a portal to the person. The person has the power, and his name is Jesus. It's like fasting is like this gateway to power and to intimacy. So when we are fasting, when we're focusing our hearts on the inbreaking of the kingdom, what could we pray for? What could that be? We could be desperate to see God move in the areas of poverty and deprivation in our world so we can fast. We could be um, desperate to see justice in the areas of racial equality and racial injustice in our nation so we can fast. We might want to pray and fast for the mental health crisis in our nation. We might want to do something more personal. I know, I'm saying this candidly and openly, that for me, and I'm not saying this so that you can think, oh, Ali's so great. I'm saying because I know I need to do this. But Jill and I, right now, we want to fast for our son, Deke. So many of you know that we had um, twins during a pandemic, uh, because we don't do pandemics by half, um, Zeke and Izzy. And at the moment, we are meeting with the doctors in this time where um, Zeke just is, has his immature um, movements for his age. His fine motor skills um, just aren't what they should be. And um, he can't move in the way that a baby his age should. And, but he's still very young. So the doctors are saying, we just want to wait and see what happens. We want to wait and see if he develops. It could be nothing or it could be something else. So we're waiting in like almost like the waiting room of this moment. Very much in the not yet. And while we wait, I know that we can fast. As we fast, we can move our mindset from entitlement of why is this happening? This is unfair to God, empower me today to be your hands and feet in this situation. How can I be your servant in these meetings? How can I show Jesus to others? Moving from a feeling of giving up of the, there's nothing I can do to Lord, I'm going to build a cathedral of praise and worship for you. And I'm going to be ready for the answers and with hunger for you. And we can call in the kingdom of God and cry out for breakthrough. Fasting moves us from entitlement to empowerment, from apathy to hunger, and it brings towards us, towards us kingdom breakthrough. I'm just going to hand over to Libby and Dave now, who are going to lead us in a time of prayer. Wow, Ali, what a stonker of a preach. That was, yeah, incredible. Thank you so much. Um, 